0: hey brandon hey alan and welcome to d6 minutes the companion podcast to dice over everything where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide
1: all right so as always have you been making good decisions this week making lots of hobby progress like what what have you actually gotten painted on your painting table six minutes so maybe this is
0: basically what we'll be talking about Well, I think there's a different uh, idea between good decisions and making progress. So did I Mm. make good decisions? Uh, No.
1: The tactics Uh, versus the strategy, sure.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, Actually, one of the issues is I didn't make as much progress as I needed to, or not as I wanted to, uh, but I made enough progress that I've kept up because we're going to be playing um blood bowl uh this uh, weekend and so what i had to do was uh paint my last uh blood bowl army since i'm lending it out to a bunch
1: of our friends okay and here so, i thought you were going to talk about adepticon progress and you're like no 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 this whole other direction no I've no, no. Uh-huh. this is a
0: totally other thing where I, I talked to a bunch of guys that, I, I did this last year right like sometime earlier and i was like you know what'd be cool um if during Super Bowl weekend, which dates this podcast, we did record this early, um, we, instead of watching the Super Bowl, played Blood Bowl and had a little mini Blood Bowl tournament instead. And so we could have experience you- that kind of football feeling, you know, we'll have wings and all that kind of stuff. Maybe put cheering in the background as, as the ambient noise mm-hmm. and, uh, and then actually uh, have some... Uh, some some football that we would actually enjoy watching as nerds yeah so, so the only problem is i only have three armies painted
1: yeah i have one army painted and there's gonna be four of us so isn't that isn't everything okay
0: oh yeah but i didn't want to run uh wars.
1: Oh, so one doesn't count. You have three armies painted, and one doesn't count.
0: <laughs> yes. Sorry, you're right. So I had to paint a fourth army. So technically, I have four. I have mm-hmm. two more armies that I want to paint for next time. So okay. <laughs> I think I have eight. I think I have six armies. I no, oh, seven? I, I probably have eight armies. I, th- my idea was probably... Uh, when I purchased this stuff, to be able to invite a whole bunch of friends who don't play miniature games, like board game friends, yep. and be able to play a full weekend Blood Bowl tournament. So if yeah. this works out, we'll see how it goes. We could, could do it like a Saturday-Sunday kind of thing on Super Bowl S- Super Bowl weekend, or maybe the week before, and then you come for the Super Bowl, and we all get together, we play some games, and eat chips and uh, and eat wings. Although... A bunch of us don't eat carbs anymore, so maybe not. Not the oh, nachos forgot. aren't
1: a thing. I okay. forgot
0: that. Yeah, the nachos are not on the on the thing. I'm actually gonna Try, make so, to jalapeno recreate. poppers.
1: Yeah.
0: Not yeah. for you, sorry. Yeah. But at least I can eat them.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to recreate nachos without the nachos and how they're not just this disgusting freakish mess and no tomatoes either. I'm like, what, what's even left that I eat? Anyhow, away from away from weird diet stuff.
0: You, you, you're gonna bring your some some snacks right for you yourself
1: i'll have to think about that i was anyways this, that's not relevant <laughs> to the people what we eat or what we don't eat what's relevant
0: is, is whether you're I too painted bo-
1: mm-hmm. yeah i paint. Re- i did
0: yep i did so i did paint that that last army so the last army that i just finished painting was my chaos war the team sorry my chaos team Yep. so i just finished painting that with a uh minotaur and then I had to i was originally going to hobby model uh, a full board, but that was too ambitious, so I just went out and bought a board
1: yeah that's that's valid i i want no it's not valid that's not part i know it's not part you of your you bring overarching... the board you only painted one army yeah. <laughs> i only have one I it is my I idea never, but i never saying. intended to have two things to play with yeah. for myself i think so. it would
0: also be cool if i just painted the board uh and then also made it so that i could also just play other games that require spaces
1: mm. Without- mm. i'm
0: already trying to double up
1: <laughs> yeah i can't even think of a game that that would be but i'm sure i'm sure it exists. Maybe
0: yeah. yeah, it may not exist, and I might not ever want to play it. But the idea of being able to, mm-hmm.
1: if it did exist, uh, or you know, creating it, if you create your own game, yeah, thing, create yeah. your own space-based game, because like you were saying, oh yeah, I was about to <laughs> it's say, it's
0: exactly the other same, same game as every other game, except you just use spaces.
1: Just well, yeah, I was I was about to say that like getting non mini gamers to play a minigame. I'm worried Blood Bowl might be too far for for them. But then I, after you mentioned, Blood Bowl is a space-based game, so it's going to yeah. feel more like a board game to them. So maybe they wouldn't bounce off it as much as they would bounce off of other minigames. That's actually definitely worth considering and yeah, sure. like, what you can drag people into. I don't know if we've and talked about that as a whole topic. And out a is- lot of
0: the complicated portions, just keeping the core game. And I don't mean like – I mean like no characters and all the kind of like inducement weird like mm-hmm. the extra indu- weird inducement stuff, where you're like, oh, I'm gonna try and sub sub read my inducements so that I can get the special uh, character. Get the special better, who's better
1: for the points. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Anyways, for the, what for have the you one minute of what I've been doing, I've actually been painting towards Adepticon, painting uh-huh. my Infinity Aleph army, which is meant to kind of look like Adeptus Mechanicus in the Blenchitsu style, and mm. I've been forced to paint red, which I don't know. I seem to have been avoiding painting red armies for possibly 15 years. Let's not get into how that yeah, could be. Yeah, that is
0: my favorite.
1: But after I started Wait involving this second, the skill, I don't
0: have a red army.
1: that's red just Kato. my favorite
0: color in general. Oh,
1: you have Kato oh, army there yeah, right, straight you're right. up I did have Kato, Kato that's why yet. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. right. I did use Kato red. That's sweet. Yeah.
1: And I don't know, it's maybe because the Vallejo Red from the model color I range? I believe I
0: forgot that. I literally have my Colossal on my shelf right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we've literally been playing with those models in Rangers of Shadow Deep. So yeah. anyways, maybe I've been using them, not you. So I've used your Cator mm. more lately than you have, so I remember. But yeah, anyhow, my, my. <clears throat> yep, the model on. color red being such... It's just it's thin and kind of shiny and poor coverage... Maybe that just turned me off painting red for a while, but after I've started involving the Scale 75 Blood Red as Mm -hmm. sort of a base to work off of in different directions for red color, like, you you don't have to use it as just straight by itself. It mixes with other paints. Mm -hmm. It's made just getting a nice red in one pass that's kind of matte so much easier, so it's been more enjoyable to paint red.
0: Anyway. The AK Red is pretty good, too. Mm -hmm. The third gen? So... Yeah, AK, well, the ones that I bought, I don't know if it's third gen. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't come in the little paper box. It's on the on the giant shelf, so I don't mm-hmm. know if those are third gen.
1: Yeah, third gen's kind of have the white cap with like, the vertical yeah. pieces that stick up. Okay, so those are yeah. suggestions for painting red towards people. All right, onwards from what we've been doing, which is somewhat but maybe less helpful to other people. We'll see if our other thoughts are helpful or less helpful.
0: All right, me- gotta All right, I got to do this one. I want to do this one. We have because to make this only- one in
1: here.
0: Yeah, I want to get this one in here.
1: <laughs> Just in case the dice decide there's only two topics. All right.
0: Yes, exactly. So um, j- there was recently a uh, podcast by um, Ash Barker of Gorilla Miniature Games, and he talked about with one of our, our local stores, mm-hmm. uh, the, the owner, about whether or not Games Workshop is a monopoly. And I believe you watched this before, I right? I
1: did watch this this morning, All so right. I better remember.
0: So my question is, do you think Games Workshop is a monopoly in the miniature gaming space specifically? Because obviously painting, it's not, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Only one one topic, five minutes.
1: Oh, okay. Do we need, because we have time to define like monopoly? I don't know if... sure. I don't think they did in their podcast, so. Oh, no, they
0: did a little bit, but I don't, I think this is the reason why I feel like I disagreed with them, because I didn't really, they're a little bit fuzzy in their definition, and I agree, you really have to define Monopoly really, really well before, like, I thought the conversation was very interesting, Mm -hmm. but I, 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 they kind of came to the idea that it's maybe not quite, but, but a little bit of a, a Monopoly, yeah, because when you
1: think of a monopoly, you're like, oh, it's the biggest company in the space, therefore monopoly. Like,
0: yeah, that, it's not the dominant company in the space, mm-hmm. therefore
1: monopoly. But I don't think that's it's like, correlated, the technical... but it's not necessarily like yeah. given.
0: Well, it's it's one one aspect. You have to be, you know, dominating the space, but you also though have to be to be able to exert, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that the, de- the technical definition is that you are like the one supplier, right, that you have co- complete control over that good, right, in your, in yep. your sector, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can dictate terms. So I think that dictating terms and limiting other people from entering the market is the important portion of a monopoly.
1: Yep.
0: Otherwise, even if you're the biggest space, you can have someone come in who is um, – like another competitor who can easily come in and threaten you with just having a better product, Mm -hmm. you don't really have a monopoly, right? If you're, if you're just dominant because you are the best guy, like the best product in the space and anyone that tries to enter, you're just so much better than them. That's not like, that's not really a, a monopoly unless you can exert monopolistic control, in
1: my opinion, like in the game monopoly. Mm-hmm. yeah like if you have control over like the supplies that are needed to then run that industry, you're like oh okay like if you're the yep. if you're a certain like diamond seller and you happen to own most of the mines, you're mm-hmm. like, well okay, somebody else opens a mine and then you uh, undercut the pricing and they're destroyed and you're yeah. like oh okay, you have enough power that even if someone could get in at the ground floor, you can basically kick them out. Yeah that I think for a game company to become a monopoly, I think if they own the dis- a lot of distributors, they might be able to exert some sort of monopoly power where because mm-hmm. like all the game stores need to get their products, usually through distributors, for mm-hmm. it to be like financially viable because if they want to get a shipment in rather than paying for multiple shipments from all over to keep yeah. their shipping costs down, they want to stay with that distributor. And if, say, Games Workshop owned all the distributors in, say australia maybe they could become monopoly in australia because some other little game company wanted to get products in there they'd be forcing all the companies to order direct from them which would make them cost prohibitive but as far as i know games workshop operates very separately from the distributors so they
0: yeah but they are their own distributor Mm -hmm. i do think there is one point where where they they focused which i think makes a lot of sense that you could argue that Games Workshop exerts some sort of mon- mon- monopolistic power is that they are one of the pillars of a game store, a modern game store, in terms yep. of, you know, like number one is magic, right? And then the second one, I think, is like board games and stuff like that. And, and the third one is is Games Workshop,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, so yep. do they, because if you're saying they're like the corner store of a game store and the game store is going to have a big problem operating mm-hmm. without their products, I know Games Workshop in the past forced game stores to have more of a minimum product line in That's their stores. That's what I was going to talk about. Are they still doing that? Is the question, which could be I, that, that exactly right. Like and and
0: uh, I think Chris was was saying on the uh, podcast, right, the uh, the Guerrilla Miniature Games one, mm-hmm. that they are releasing product lines that are trying to fill the area. Of these stores. Now, if they were to, if they enforce the minimum amount, like you have to carry some of these new products, or at least a certain size, and then most stores are not over a certain size, they are exerting monopolistic control because you have to carry this because it's the big, biggest seller. You can't bring in, in something else because you don't have money to bring in these side products, right? Or and shelf space. So you are therefore controlling the that space. So in that way I do think they like it, it makes sense that they have some sort of um uh monopolistic kind of tendencies or at least tr- trying for it, right? But I do think um in the like in, in the pod in in their their uh, video um that the the store is uh Lords of War, right? And if you walk into Lords of War, there is A lot of different games there now there's fewer but there is a lot and if you were to walk into that store like even though games workshop is by far like the biggest um they do have a lot of other different games on the shelf right and so um i wouldn't necessarily see that as being a monopoly right if it's a monopoly then how come there's so much so many other things, and especially, Mm -hmm. like, they were talking about Asmodee, right? Asmodee bought up Fantasy Flight, and even if X-Wing died, and there's a lot of games that have died, the fact that Asmodee has the ability to uh, put pressure on games workshop in terms of retail space with their games in this market is a big deal. It, it, It basically, in my opinion, like, the fact that they can enter the market and demand shelf space not necessarily demand but like fight for cell space makes it seem like you know games workshop doesn't have monopoly control now you could argue that eventually it might end up being just asthma day fantasy flight games or, or atomic mass sorry atomic mass games and uh games workshop games and then it becomes like you could say it's oligopolistic right because there's just two that are basically trying to take up all the space
1: yep but that's not even a monopoly <laughs> No, you don't really see game companies buying up other game companies to occupy the whole, like, certain genre space. So somehow it doesn't seem like the whole thing lends itself to operating like a Monopoly.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of other things as well. There's, like, you know, most people's experience from miniature games, uh, for miniatures and gaming, is from board games now, I think. I don't think it's actually from Games Workshop. No. I don't know if that's that's necessarily true. Like, like... Into the miniature gaming hobby, sure, because you go through that step. But probably all those people that that got into miniature gaming, they've probably played a board game with miniatures. Like they're so common now. If you look at the top ten of Board Game Geek, which is a huge hobby, way bigger than the Games Workshop hobby um, mm-hmm. or the miniature gaming hobby. Sorry. Um. There, like so many of the new hot games are filled with miniatures. Right, they don't play like a miniature game, but there's a lot of them, and a lot of
1: people play those games. Right? Yeah, like how we how we've been talking, we're talking about like the miniature game space, but a miniature a game store is often not just a miniature game store. Like, and more more, more the hobby is not just our portion of
0: miniature games, and mm-hmm. so I feel like even though in the past I feel like Games Workshop might have like when we were growing up, I think in the miniature gaming space it was arguably had more influence because it had retail space. It had its own stores. Yep, That was a much bigger deal back then. Nowadays, you have the internet and everything like that. It's so much easier for small games to gain a following and get a a purchase and a foothold in the hobby space, even though they won't necessarily have as much uh, ability to get into a uh, game store. But I do think that it is important to understand like how much of miniature gaming is done in a store versus at home. And yep. I do feel like from this is, you know, I haven't done actual any studies and I would love, love, love to take a, a further look, but it looks like this pipeline of, of not just tabletop, like board games, but D and D is feeding into uh miniature gaming now but it's mm-hmm. not the same miniature gaming groups and space that we grew up seeing
1: yeah because back when we were growing up there really weren't board game stores at this nearly the popularity they are today so yeah. like yeah the whole different pipeline has been created so if anything gw is like way less of a monopoly than they've ever been just because of those new directions yeah. that are created to create gamers yeah
0: although though maybe games workshop is doing better than they were like 10 years Mm -hmm. ago when they were really threatened during 6th and 7th. That was probably their lowest point. That's when Privateer Press came in. That's when X-Wing and all those kind of stuff in. Mm -hmm. You can argue that they're better off now than they were then. But to me, this is a return to form. And I don't think they've returned to form of when we grew up. And also, I don't think it's even possible anymore for them to do it.
1: But maybe they're So, maybe someone could claim they were Monopoly way back then, but today, no. Yeah. Anyhow, all right. All those right. are two big topics for today.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this podcast because that's all the dice decide, decided. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So, uh, if you have any questions you want to ask us, uh, give us a shout. Email us at contact at diceovereverything.com or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon.
1: Right.